Yeah. Okay. I uh, my name is Eddie Gesford or Guess. I moved here from San Francisco to Los Angeles. I've been here for about eight months, I think it is now. And yeah, it's great. Excited to do this podcast. Um, Have you done a podcast no. before? Yeah, I did one before this. How did it go? It was super fun. It was with one of my really good friends and we were like drinking a lot of champagne and tequila during it. So we wound up getting like really rowdy by the end and just like talking about everything. I did a, I did an episode once for uh, my, my Drag Race recap show and I drank and that was the first time I did it. And I told myself never again because I was fumbling over my words. I couldn't, oh, really? Yeah, I couldn't guide the show where it needed to go. So I was like, Anthony, take over, please. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you came from San Francisco to L.A. Uh, what pushed you to move? So I've been making music like almost my whole life, but I was doing it in like a very specific way. And I just I don't know. I just like I've always really trusted my intuition. So when I like got the call, like the inner call to like go to L.A., I didn't actually move until like three years later. But those whole three years, like I was just like constantly thinking about it and thinking about it. And I knew that when I did it, it was going to be like the right thing to do. And just like doors were going to open, you know, I just kind of like intuitively like felt it. So then like one day, um, it was actually really random. I was like hung over on my couch and I just like something clicked and I was like, I'm moving to LA. And then I literally was here like three weeks later. Like it was just that easy. Something just clicked in your head. Yeah. I was just like, I'm so over San Francisco. I think it was more like I'm over San Francisco. Like I'm ready to fucking go. So I was just like, I'm ready to go. And then I just like, it's crazy because like shit started like aligning for me and like just all this stuff happened to like help me get here. It was really crazy. When you say you're over San Francisco, was it because like your dating scene was kind of over it? Your job, you were over it? It was more just like I was over. Um, it's like a really small city. So you start to like do the same things over and over and like you're seeing the same people and I had just felt like I was outgrowing the city like artistically and it's a very like I love San Francisco to death. It's like my favorite city in the country, but it's not like it's a very like chill city, you know, and I'm a very like I'm like a super hard hustler. I like to be doing things all the time and like that just the energy wasn't matching. I wasn't like meeting people that match that. So I was just like, I need to go. What was the difference between the music you were making in San Francisco um, compared to the one you're making now in L.A.? So my whole life since high school, um, well, a little bit backstory. I was I grew up as a cheerleader, gymnast and a cheerleader, like my whole like childhood life up until I was probably like 20, like four, maybe I was like a competitive cheerleader. Were you nervous to audition for the first time as a cheerleader? How was your school accepting? Oh, that? my God. Um it's crazy because it's like such a long time ago. It's so crazy to think about like my first tryout. But yeah, I was fucking shitting myself the first. Um, I'm allowed, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, he could do whatever he wants. Okay. okay. <laughs> but um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. You oh, were truly. talking about auditioning and you were shitting bricks and you. Yeah. Because okay. so I started off as a gymnast and I was kind of just like taking a class like once a week. And then I realized that I didn't really want to do like all the apparatus. Like I didn't want to do rings. I didn't want to do high bar or like, you know, like all the things that gymnasts do. I just wanted to do floor and like kind of like dance. And um, so I just I tried to take these like tumbling classes once a week at like a cheerleading facility. And they kind of saw something in me and they were like, we want you to join the team. Like you need to join the team. So once they kind of put that bug in my ear and this was separate from high school completely. This was just like a private, like all it's called all star cheerleading where you like pay a tuition. There's like in coaches and like you're training all year and just competing around the country and stuff. So um, that I wasn't like as nervous for because they kind of were like, here, come do this. But then I auditioned or tried out for my high school team. And that was super nerve wracking because I'm like the first guy cheerleader in my high school's history. And but then so I got on the team and I did like eight backflips like across like at a pep rally. And from that point forward, like everyone looked at me. <laughs> like That's a bad bitch right there. She's yeah, opening exactly. doors was, like, for all the, the little packets. <laughs> yeah. So it was like in the like a halftime at like a basketball game. And I just did like like eight back handsprings like across the fucking basketball court. And everyone was like, wow. I can imagine your walk after you like landed those flips. You were like, yeah, and. <laughs> Just like right? sashaying yeah. into the like the steps. 
That's so funny. Right? These days I would have totally like just like pumped away. But back then I was all shy and I was probably just like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you were talking about before you before I interrupted and you started getting into your cheerleading of what music changed from San Francisco and L.A. Is that what we were talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that actually connects perfectly because I became a cheerleader and I became like obsessed with the music that we would compete to, like the music we would do our routines to. Um, so I started like learning how to make my own cheer music just on like random computer programs. And like my coach at the time also made cheer mixes. So I would like go to his house and he would kind of show me how to like use the software to like make these mixes. And just from me doing that, and I was like so deeply obsessed, like obsessed with basically like becoming a good cheer music producer that it turned into a business like that supported me before I even graduated high school. And I was just making cheer music full time. And I still do that to this day, like almost like, I mean, I started in like 2004. So that's like 14 years later. I'm still wow. making these. Cheer yeah, like still I still make these cheer mi mixes. And um, so that like all that experience of working like as a producer, but in a very specific niche like market, it gave me the experience I needed to be like an actual producer. So I just like applied those skills to writing songs and started like producing beats for people. And yeah, and then once I was like, I want to really take that part to the next level, I was like, LA is the place to go. At what moment did it become less business and more personal? Because you, um, in your album, I listened to the whole thing. It's like, it feels very dark and personal. When did you make, decide mm -hmm. to make that move from, from like cheerleading? Um, I just like, this is going to sound maybe like self-important or conceited or whatever, but I just... I realized that I had like a musical talent that none of the other cheer mix people had. Like they were kind of just like mixing songs together and like making a cool thing. When I was over here like studying music theory and like wanting to like write lyrics and melodies and like I, I knew I could sing. And so I always felt like I had something that would never be tapped into if I didn't move past cheer mixes. Is that the moment you, know? you went from being shy to like sashaying? Where you're like, your confidence yeah. just kind of like, boom. <laughs> yeah, that, it's funny because that actually came from like the club a little bit. Like, um, like I don't know if you're familiar with like the movie Party Monster. I think I might be a little bit, but not really. It's it's all about like the club kid scene in New York in like the 80s. It has, and does it have Macaulay Culkin in it? Yeah, he's okay. the main character. Okay. And um, that kind of like mentality of just being like so unapologetically like, queer and creative like I would just show up to the club wearing like insane things and then people would be like bitch you look so fierce <laughs> and I would be wearing like the like nothing that was like fashion but just the fact that I was ballsy enough to wear it people were like you're killing it right now you know so that like gave me a lot of confidence to just really be myself and then I think that kind of transferred into like my music and then my like live performances and stuff Speaking of your fashion, I was going through your Instagram and you used to have a very like plain like look and then somehow it just like yeah. randomly changes to this very sexual flirtatious like I don't know yeah. your, where does that fashion sense come from because I, I saw it and I go and I have been trying to find a fashion for myself and I go oh my god Eddie is embodying the fashion I want to start like oh my god towards. really yeah you like I was like oh my god he just became my inspiration where does yours come <laughs> from. What um do you have a specific like example? Because I feel like that would help me. Um, it's just like more, it's like a lot of black, a lot of like mesh, and then you like there's something very like sexual about everything you do, and it's like a little bit off the cuff. Like you wear heels, you wear makeup, yeah. and you're just very confident in your body. Um, right. So did anyone inspire you to move that direction instead of just a plain like being like pants and shirt? Um, Very suburban. I, think, I honestly think that that came from like the clubs a little bit too. Cause like the whole club kid scene is like the, the basis of like being like a club kid is that like anything goes and you're appreciated for your creativity no matter what, like that's the bottom line. So then like once I got really comfortable and also I went to Burning Man and one of the, um, one of the, the principles of Burning Man is radical self-expression. And I came back from Burning Man my first year. I, I've been twice, but I came back to, from Burning Man my first year. And, like, I was, like, wearing the craziest shit to the grocery store. And, like, it was just, like, this whole transition moment where I, like, something in my mind, like, shifted. And I just stopped giving a fuck. There's really. the drugs, girl. The drugs still coming in your, in your <laughs> right. system. <laughs> right. So, also, in your fashion, there's... um. 
you wear like very little clothing at times. Uh, yeah. Did uh, so one of my questions was I've been to my favorite city as well as San Francisco. Um, mm. And I just noticed there people are a lot more comfortable with their bodies and with their sexuality and just sex in general. Did San Francisco put the exhibitionist inside of you or bring it out? Um, I think it brought it out for sure because San Francisco is like that city where you could just like be walking down the street on like a Tuesday wearing like some crazy thing and like someone's gonna appreciate you and be like, you know what? Like, I, I see you right now and I appreciate how authentic you're being like to yourself. Whereas like in other cities, they'll be like, what is that bitch? Wearing? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but San Francisco is not like that. It's like the most inclusive place I've ever experienced in my life. It doesn't even feel like it's in like America. It, it doesn't. feels like it's somewhere else. I have never been catcalled before on, on the road or like or just like walking on the <laughs> sidewalk. But when I went to San Francisco, like I had guys were like catcalling me, but not even in a bad right. way, just like a respectable kind of like thank you so much for thinking yeah, that people yeah, kind of yeah. way. And I was like, I have never experienced this because I live in Texas. And I was like, it uh-huh. doesn't happen like that. People are just rude in Texas. The other day I was putting right. gas and some guy's like, what the fuck are you looking at? I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, it's crazy. So you had yeah. mentioned the bars. Um, you do this uh, show called Queen Kong, right? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And like, did, did you start it? What's that show about? Oh my God, no, I did not start that at all. Um, that is a huge LA party every friday hosted by the belay brothers oh by the way should i wear headphones it's up to you do you feel like you can hear me well enough yeah i can hear you perfectly i didn't know if i just realized what is it bleeding back no oh, okay cool yeah so queen kong is a party at precinct in downtown la every friday and it's thrown by the belay brothers which is like they're a drag queen duo basically like they always they're constantly like i don't even know them as humans i only know them as a <laughs> pair of belay brothers they like I have no clue what they look. If I saw them on the street, I would just be like, hey, I wouldn't even know it's them, you know? Um, But yeah, they're like huge. They just did season two of Dragula, which is like this really like dark punk rock, like drag competition, kind of like the the like the opposite of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. But it's really gaining a lot of traction. So, yeah, they throw that party every Friday. And I just kind of happened to connect with some people when I first moved here. And they put me like on with them, and then they've booked me like three or four times since then, which is really cool. Who's your favorite drag yeah. queen? Who's your favorite drag queen in, in LA? In LA? Yeah. Or like, okay. Oh, do you I don't have really one? In, which... Do you have one in general that you just like love? Do both oh, yeah. one in LA and one that you just like your all-time favorite? Um, fuck, I don't even know because I don't know where like some of these queens are located anymore because they're traveling <laughs> the world, you know. <laughs> but I would say Alaska probably. Like, Alaska has, like, an authenticity that I literally, like, like, I see her in myself, or I see myself in her. That's a better way to put it. Like, I see myself in her, like, when she's being so, like, it seems like you follow Drag Race, obviously. So, there was, like, last year on All Stars, when she would do, like, just her version of, like, dancing and stuff. I'm just like, this bitch is so authentic (laughs) right now. Like, she doesn't even care. And I really admire that. So I love the shit out of her. I don't know about just like in in L.A., though, because I've only been here for like eight months. So I guess I don't really I only know like the Rue Queens and, you know, who I see on Instagram and stuff. Wow. You only been in L.A. eight months. Did you you made your your EP in L.A., right? No, I made that in San Francisco. Oh, okay, cool, cool. How long did it take you to your EP is called Queer Jazz, right? Queer jazz. Yeah. And I'm actually about to come out with another one in Ooh. April. Yeah. Where I'm like literally going like tomorrow to finish it. Um, I just got like a first little sneak peek of the music video back today from the director. Like all this really cool stuff is happening. Shea, I think I'm allowed to say this, but Shea Coulee is going to do a feature on one of the songs. Wow. I heard yeah. her three songs and those are really good. I was really impressed by her videos too. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm actually working with her a little bit on her new album. Like singing Music. vocally? I'm um, producing it and like oh, nice. writing writing her next single. Yeah, it's going to be super cool. What's the name of this new one coming out? And when does it come out? Um, It's going to be out in April. I'm aiming for April 1st, but I just haven't announced it yet because shit happens. So, but like I, in my own self, the deadline is April 1st, <laughs> no matter fucking what. <laughs> um, everybody around me probably hates me because I'm texting all these people like pushing them and they're like, uh, like calm down. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, this EP is going to be called, it's just going to be self-titled, it's just going to be Guess, because I'm changing my alias from Eddie Guessford to Guess. Mm-hmm. Um, G-E-S-S, right? 
G-E-S-S. Will yes, you be G-E-S-S. adding the underscores or is that just for Instagram? That's just for Instagram because somehow took it before I got a chance ah, to get it. <laughs> you should have called but her. It's funny. Yeah, right. I actually did. I like emailed a, or like DM'd a couple people and I was like, hey, you have zero posts and like one follower. Can I please have your name? Did they like, respond? The no, they didn't get back. Oh, you but keep, it's funny keep because. Trying. But no, it actually worked out because adding those underscores made me realize that like aesthetically, I love guests with like large spaces in between mm-hmm. the letters. So now, like, that's the branding of it. So anytime I put it somewhere, I always put two spaces in between the letters. I like that. So it kind of, like, worked out for the better, yeah. Yeah, it does look pretty good. I like it with the space as well. So good for you for <laughs> good for them for not responding back. So right. tell me a little bit about Queer Jazz. Um, why did you name it Queer Jazz? And kind of, like, I guess I'll ask you about the songs. I wrote the titles down just in case you forgot. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't forget. Um, but um, so what was the question again? Oh, the title. Yeah. I named it Queer Jazz. Me and my friend were kind of just like talking. I think we were just hanging out and like the name Queer Jazz kind of just like popped into our minds as like what my voice sounds like kind of like that's where it kind of came from because like I think I have a pretty like soulful R&B kind of voice when I'm singing and then I'm also queer, you know, so we were just like queer jazz. It's like this cool combination of like something really <laughs> traditional and like soulful. But, you know, like the definition of queer means like not normal or like abnormal or whatever. And so, yeah, then it just kind of like became a thing. And I'm like, OK, that's it. <laughs> Give me a little taste of your vocals. Do a little do a little like lyric. Oh, my God. What do you what should I sing? Anything. Do, um, do a I, sneak I'll... peek of the of, of one of your new songs. Oh, OK. Um. Shit, what should I sing? Um, okay, this song is called... I'll sing Spilled Milk, because that's the video that's going to come out. Now I can't even remember the verse. Cause <laughs> just on the um, I'll, yeah, I'll edit go. this part, like that whole space of time out where you can't figure it out. Right, right. Fuck, I'm like thinking of this other song that's on the EP. I, I oh, guess no. the universe in your body is saying, do that one, right? Right? Okay, I can sing the one. It's called Lost Meaning. So it's like, I can't lie, I'm in my feelings again. It's you. I'm doing things that I never thought. Oh my God, <laughs> that's so good. We go again, circling the truth. Been so long since I've fallen this hard. Yeah. Was it hard <laughs> to find your voice and how you wanted to sound for um, both EPs? I definitely recorded a lot of music before the first EP that I like really hated because I my voice I don't think was strong enough to like artistically do the things I wanted it to do like that's like a hard thing to explain but like like technically I couldn't sing the way I wanted the song to sound so I would get like disappointed and there was a lot of like frustration but I just think like with experience you kind of just like figure it out so and that's what happened to me the first track on queer jazz is called it's not 2017 Mm-hmm. What's that about? I was just like making a beat one day and I was really like fucking pissed off at just like all the shit going on in the world. And I was just like, it can't be 2017. Like it's not 2017. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> and then that's where they came from. <laughs> one of my favorite lyrics, I wrote it down. It says, oh, I don't even like you the way I thought I loved you. Is that about someone mm-hmm. specific? That one's from I don't, right? Yeah, that's from okay. I don't. People tend to love that song. Off I of love that it's song. Definitely the most popular. <laughs> that it's like at the time, it's funny because I feel like in the moment, like I write songs about someone, but then when I go back like a month later and like look at the lyrics, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe that was about someone at the time, but really they were just playing a character that is consistent in my life. So it's like. I don't was kind of about like one person and an experience I had, but it also relates to every single person that I had the same experience with before that, if that makes sense. So it's kind of more towards like a a consistent character of like this person that comes into my life and I get infatuated and then I actually get to know them and then I fucking hate them. (laughs) (laughs) That's happened a few times to me. Which one's your favorite (laughs) off the album that you like? Because there is, um, uh, it's not 2017, there's Morning Rituals, Fight All Night, mm-hmm. which is also one of my favorites, and then I Thanks. Don't End Peaceful. Yeah, um, I would say that my favorite 
is Fight All Night, probably. Just because that's like the, yeah, I, I, because it's maybe feels like the newest, like the more, most like modern to me. Does the yeah. title or song come from one of those relationships where you found out you just hated the person from I Don't? The Fight All Night was about, a Fight All Night was actually kind of like a made up story that I like wrote about. Like I actually wasn't really like a personal experience. It was like a, a story I like saw in my head and then I was just like, I'm going to write like a, a song about this. And my friend Bobby, Bobby Rose actually helped me write that song. She's an amazing songwriter. And um, yeah, it was just kind of about like really knowing that someone is bad for you, but like wanting it so bad anyway, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so how yeah. does your mom feel about you pursuing music? My mom is probably like the reason I've been so entrepreneurial my whole life because she always was just very like, fuck the system, you know, like I'm not getting that job. Like I'm going to do what I want. I'm like, you know, like she was just like a very like, the, she was always like the black sheep of the family. So I, she's always been like so fucking supportive, like insanely supportive, always just telling me like, you're a star, Ed, because my family all calls me Ed. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> it's like, you're guests star, now. Ed. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah no she's been like super supportive the whole time and she loves it you know like I'll send her stuff and she like will listen to it like I just told her that I was gonna work with like some of the uh RuPaul's Drag Race queens from like before mm -hmm. and she was like freaking out because she watches the show <laughs> do you have friends that awesome. keep your ego in check because I feel like with the more success you're getting like you might become someone you might not like maybe or or are you okay yeah. with yeah I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty good. Like I'm very self-aware. Like I'm really, I'm really like in it for the process and not the, the, like the reward. Like I really just enjoy the creative process. Like it's the only thing that makes me feel, I don't know, normal. <laughs> so I feel like at some point, like, yeah, I'm going to be like feeling myself like, yes, bitch, I wrote a song for <laughs> Selena Gomez, you know, but, um, but yeah, I know I definitely have friends who are like, we're all trying to come up together and we all like will call each other out in a second. You uh, posted somewhere on social that you just wanted to be around good energy and make stuff. Did that come from like a very a toxic surroundings you were having at, at the moment? Um, I wonder. Was, that, was it a while back? I think it was on Facebook, huh? I don't remember. I just remember I wrote oh, it down. Because I prepared for this okay. interview like a long time ago. Yeah, we couldn't... when I first moved here. Yeah. Yeah, and we were supposed to meet up in LA, but our schedules just didn't end up happening. And so yeah. I kind of wrote stuff down, but didn't really like make detailed notes on where, what, and when. Um, I just remember okay. I wrote it down and I said, I wonder if he's stuck through that. Has he been surrounding himself with good energy and he's even making stuff? And did it come from like a moment in your life where like, you know what, this guy sucks right now or these friends sucks right now that I need to just surround, change my life and just have good energy around me. And maybe that'll help me like get to my best self. Yeah, I think I can't remember specifically what was happening in my life, but I definitely felt that a lot in San Francisco. And that kind of goes back to what I was feeling about moving to L.A. Like I um, I've always been the type of person to just like I'm a workaholic. Like I'm even when I'm not working and I'm like laying in bed, I'm on my phone, like doing something related to like the hustle or reading something <laughs> online or like watching something, you know, so when I noticed I wasn't surrounded by like that same energy in San Francisco, I could see that maybe triggering like me saying something like that, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm just like, and it definitely has changed. Like I am so busy in LA over the past couple months and like in the best ways. Do you rest? I imagine what is your self care routine? If you are working all the time, I imagine you have to just kind of like find your center and get your energy back. What do you do to get that? I am really into like, I'm still into like gymnastics and stuff. So I take like a hand, I go to like a circus arts training center like three days a week. Um, and I train like hand balancing, which is like a really therapeutic thing for me because it gets a lot of like energy out. And plus there's like a million health benefits of being upside down, but that's a different podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah. And also I'm a huge stoner. Like, I'm a huge stoner. I smoke lead idol all the time. Um, and that's like my self care is like just like smoking some weed, chilling out, watching 30 Rock. I watch 30 Rock obsessively. <laughs> Why? What is it about yeah. 30 Rock that you like? I never could get into oh. that show. Oh my God, really? I have seen the whole series at least, I don't know, 15 times. Like it's, in, it's probably unhealthy at this point. <laughs> 
I just think the humor is smart. It's really smart. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it another chance just for you. I'll, be like, yeah. I'll check it out. I probably hate it again. I'm just like, nah, I'm done. Right. <laughs> you have a few tattoos on your body right now that I'm looking at you because we're on Skype and I can see your video. Um, but one of yeah. them says, um, "As above, so below." I think it's one, the big one on your arm. Yeah, this one. What does that mean? As above, so below is one of the hermetic principles of the universe that says, basically, like in a nutshell, it means that everything is a everything that's small is a smaller version of something big, which is a, a, a bigger version of that. It's so like everything is like, what are those like Russian doll things? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Where you like take it off and it's like smaller inside. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically it's saying like that the entire, everything that exists in the universe is like a version of that. So like, for example, the universe is a huge version of like the neural like network of our brain and then our like the network of our brain is like a bigger version of the the like the cell structure of like a leaf like so like and if you actually look at it if you like put them back to back they're like the same so it basically that's basically what it's saying in a nutshell <laughs> nice so yeah you're sitting in your room right now if those um walls could talk what would they say about you oh lord <laughs> Um, chill the You're like, fuck he, out. He a, he a dirty bitch, that nasty hoe, cochina. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, do you regret know. anything in life, Eddie? Do I regret anything? Yeah. Maybe in the moment sometimes, but it always seems to lead me to where I want to go. Where are you going from this moment on? What can we look forward to in your future? Tons of amazing content. Mm -hmm. Like I'm putting out so much stuff in 2018 that is like, the caliber of just like quality and like vulnerability is just so much higher than I've ever been. And I think that actually comes from spending a lot of time like living alone in LA now. And, you know, I had three roommates in San Francisco, so I didn't get that real solitude. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been like spending so much time alone here. So I'm just, I have, um, you know, just a lot of good content. I'm putting out a music video. I'm doing like a ton of amazing collabs and, were you able, yeah. I think I saw you post one time that you were looking for like a record label to like help you out. Did you find one that you can like collaborate with? Did you get a label like deal? Yeah, my, I didn't get like a deal deal. Like I signed my EP, I signed with a small label called Text Me Records in San Francisco. Um, they were kind of just starting. So, you know, it wasn't like anything huge. It was kind of just like they were just getting started as their label and it was my first EP and they wanted to help me out with like distribution to get it in Spotify and all that stuff. But, and they're amazing and everything, but this EP I'm going to do on my own and just like do all the promo and stuff just through like my network and my connections. What would be like a good tip you can give, um, like people who are trying to start the music for marketing yourself and like going out there and, and kind of delivering your music and distributing it around to people. What's the best thing um, you learned from it? Oh God, I am like still so, I'm such an amateur when it comes to like that. <laughs> but I guess the only thing I would say is just like, just get really fucking good at what you do. Like that's the most important. I think people undervalue that part a lot because they're just like, people are so focused on like being seen and popular, but then it's just like, okay, well once people are looking at you, what are you going to do? You know? So it's like, I think it's more important to get like, to literally become like so above average because like being good at something isn't really enough anymore. You need to be like extraordinary in order to even be good, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the most important thing is like for music, for example, like be making amazing music, like amazing music. And then the rest of it will fall more into place a lot easier than if you're like, just like, I'm going to make this song really quick and then be like networking for five years. Like, no, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite person you've collaborated with since you first started um, like your, your personal music? Probably the producer that I met recently that's working on this EP right now with me. Um, his name is Mike or MC Productions on Instagram for everyone. Um, he is so talented. He like we have such a similar vibe when it comes to just like just just mood of music. So he produced three out of four beats on this EP and like they're just so fucking good. So yeah. And like we meet up like twice a week. I'm texting him all the time like, hey, bro, like being all like jokey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's super cool. You also I've been seeing you post a lot of like um, photos that you've sessions of photographers that you have been like working with. Uh, who's your favorite mm -hmm. photographer in California that you've worked with? Uh, Someone I've that I should worked... like check out. Yeah, I've actually only worked with one. Really? What? Oh, 
I worked with a photographer and uh, I worked with a video guy who shot my uh, music video two weeks ago. So he's amazing. His name's Sean Adeli. Um, and he works with like all the root queens. He like just shot a video for like Todrick Hall. He's like really, really, and he's just so talented. The photographer is, um, his name is Ryan. You can, uh, I think he just changed his Instagram. It's like, it's Matt, like matinee idol photography or something. You can, it's on my Instagram. It's like, he's credited everywhere, but yeah, he's awesome. Cause I'll just show up and then we just like play and then we'll look at the photos after and be like, okay, <laughs> these are a mess. These are good. <laughs> You're a very like attractive man. Have you ever thought about getting into modeling like as a profession as well, like outside of just the music? People have like said that to me, but I'm always really self-conscious about my skin. So I don't think it's possible. <laughs> and also like, I just, I don't know if that like industry is for me. Like modeling is fun because I just like, I like anything creative. And I like to make photos, you know, so if I have to be the model, then like I'll do it. But if someone wants me to like just be like serving like model face, model face, model, <laughs> like all day, I don't think I could like do that. It's too can, serious. Can you take compliments? Well, is that maybe another reason you just don't feel like you don't like compliments? No, I mean, I could take it. I just I am very good at knowing what I want. And like I'm I have no problem with saying no to things. How's, how's the love life in L.A. going for you? Um, stupid. Yeah, why? <laughs> because LA is filled with a bunch of flaky people who just like want a boyfriend that will look cute with them on Instagram. Oh my god, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Here in Austin, it's just like they're just flakes, and that's, that's pretty much it. Like they just never show up. Really? I've, yeah, I've been set up so many times. Have you been in yeah. any long term relationships before? Yeah, I've been in two. How old were you? Uh, my first one, I was. I think I was like 18 to 20. I is think. that the moment like you years. came out to your parents? You're like, hey, this is my boyfriend. No, I came out a little bit before that. I think I came out. I think when the, when the hell did I come out? Maybe I was like 17. And then like a year and a half ish later, I like met someone that I really liked. Or maybe I was like 16. I can't remember because my mom was like so cool about it. Really? She's like, oh, OK, cool. Like, you want to like you want, what do you want to eat? Yeah, actually, her response was, I know. <laughs> that was her response. <laughs> was it very yeah. hard? Was it very hard for you to come out? Or it was pretty easy. It was. I was scared and I started like crying, of course, because I was just like I was letting something out of my body for the first time in 17 years. And it felt so like crazy. So, of course, I was like crying and I was like scared. And, you know, I would told her like I didn't want her to be mad and like all this stuff and but then it was like so easy and it was just over. Did you instantly become a hoe like right after you came out? You're like, bam, dick, 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 dick. <laughs> no, not at all. Because I live, I'm from New Jersey. That's where I, so I lived in San Francisco, but I'm from New Jersey. Oh, wow. So I was in like the suburbs of New Jersey and there's like not a ton of gay people there or anything to do really. So what brought so, you to San Francisco? It's funny because that's my second long-term relationship. Um, me and my ex at the time, or my boyfriend at the time, we met, and I was living in Jersey, he was living in Philadelphia, and I lived really close to Philly, so we met up, wound up hitting it off, we're dating for like six months, and then he told me that his job was getting relocated to San Francisco. So since I was just doing my music production, and everything I do is all remote, I just do everything through email, um, like none of my clients are local ever really, so I was like, okay, so I'll just come with you. And then we literally moved across the country together. And the crazy thing is we lived together for like three months in San Francisco and broke up, of course. And, <laughs> and then who broke we up with who? Did you break up with him? This is this whole there's so many layers to this story that are just so crazy. Fascinating. We we broke up and it was like the easiest breakup in American history. I swear to God. Um, we were sitting on the couch and you could feel it building, you know, like up to this point, like we weren't like having sex anymore. It was just like awkward and we, you just could feel it. So he came home from this trip to Vegas and we both knew like the talk had to happen. So we're sitting on the couch and I was like, so like, you know, I kind of, I don't know how I brought it up, but I somehow brought it up and I was like, so like, are you second guessing this thing? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, should we like not do this anymore? You know? And he was just like, 
Yeah. <laughs> that was like how we broke up. And then like five seconds later, I was like, want to smoke a bowl and watch Dexter? And he was like, okay. And we just spent the rest of the night smoking and watching Dexter. <laughs> and then we wound up living together because we just moved to San Francisco and neither of us could afford to live there alone. It's so expensive. Um, and we wound up living together all the way up until last April when I moved to LA. Oh, wow. So, so like six years, five and a half years, we lived together wow. after we, after we broke up. Yeah. And then to add even more juice to the story about two years after we broke up, he meets someone and they hit it off. And then the three of us move into a bigger apartment together. <laughs> <laughs> did y'all ever have, the, did y'all ever have like a like a like a threesome no everybody asked that but i'm just like i am not attracted to carlos anymore in that way that's my ex carlos who's now like my brother like he's like my best friend and his boyfriend they're still together is also my best friend so wow. it's crazy how it happened like we literally became like a trio of like brothers that's pretty awesome together. yeah yeah it was cool i think it's i think i always think it's great that when people who break up can still become safe friends especially since sometimes there, there's so much history and love there that it's kind of sad just to see it like go away all at once yeah so it's really great that y'all can yeah, stay I, together yeah i like truly truly believe that you know, I really believe in like manifestation and law of attraction, like hardcore. I like live by it every day. And I truly believe that we like were brought together because we needed to learn things from each other and because we both wanted in, on some deep level to be in California. So it's crazy how like we we were what each other needed at the time, you know. Are you a, a spiritual being? Yeah, I'm super spiritual. What's your practice? Like what do you do to kind of? It's really just a lot of like visualization and um, like I would say like law of attraction is like my spirituality. Like I just think of everything as like energy or like quantum data or like something <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's weird. I kind of just have like my own thing. That's like a fusion of all the beliefs I've like picked up over the years that I think like sit well with me, you know, uh, but no a, specific a big part of that thing. is smoking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For sure. So you said yeah, you weren't like, attractive to Carlos anymore. What does attract you in a man? Definitely like drive because a lot of people are like they get intimidated by how much energy I have to like just fucking like go forward and they like internalize it and then be like, oh, am I not doing enough or am I? And I'm just like, no, this isn't about you. I just like have hella energy at all times. <laughs> um, so I like when I meet someone who like almost like they're doing their thing so hard that like immediately is like so attractive to me because I like maybe I have this weird like fantasy of being in a power couple that could be it I just like <laughs> want to be a power couple you're secretly the one who wants a, a Instagram <laughs> boyfriend Instagram. you know yeah, exactly <laughs> right what kind of music but are yeah. you listening to at the moment it's weird because I'll get like like I'll get like one little bit of information from someone or inspiration from like one artist and then I'll get a different kind of inspiration from this artist and then I'll get a different kind of from that artist and then I kind of like put it all together to make mine, you know, like um, one of my favorite artists, her name is Leanne Lahavis, and she's not super popular unless you like already know her, but like her music is like so slow. It's always like her on a guitar but I love her voice so much. So I almost like pull vocal inspiration from her. And then I pull like music inspiration from people like Banks or um, Kehlani. I love Kehlani. I'm trying to think of who else. There's like a lot of like Spotify people where I only know like one song of theirs <laughs> and like that'll inspire me. But yeah, it's like all like R&B people, you know. Do you see yourself making an album that isn't strictly dark, that is more happy and upbeat? Yeah, this EP that's coming out now is so, it's definitely like less dark. It's more, it's still like sexy, but I think it feels a little more commercial and it's just less, yeah, it's just like less dark, you know? Maybe I could like give you guys like a preview. Ooh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> on the thing, should I? Yeah, why I'll not? just play like a tiny bit. Okay. While you looked that up, I'll ask you um, a question about you had said you added Prince to your list of artists you dedicate your music to. Um, who else is on that list that you dedicate your music to? 
I what did I say? I said I dedicate my music to Prince. Well, you you added Prince to the list of people that you dedicate your music to, and I was wondering who was on that list that you dedicate your music Where to. Where was this list? I don't know. I don't know, girl. I told oh, you I prepared for this like, a long time yeah. ago. But now I'm just like, wait, where's the list that people are seeing? Um, <laughs> I think it was more internal. I think maybe it was around the time Prince might have died, and you're like, oh, now I'm going to add Prince to the list of people. I don't think there was an actual list. I think you yeah, just said yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah, because it's crazy. Like, of course, everyone knows who Prince is, but until, but when he died, I actually started like really looking into his career, you know, like more than I had. And I realized that I was like, oh my God, like I relate to this person so much. I want to be like, I kind of want to be like a sex symbol, but like musically and like to both genders and like be like really queer, but also still have like the super straight bro being like, yo, that song was so good, you know? Like, cause even like the really straight bros would be like, man like prince is so like he's fucking so you know like they still loved prince even though he's like gay as fuck but not you know wasn't so, he though uh, I, I i would put money on it that he was homosexual like a closeted homosexual oh yeah definitely i mean just the way he like moved his like lips and his body i'm like you are sucking a dick somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't know like i would say leanne la Havis, i would love i would like cry if like i got that collaboration one day because mm. she has literally inspired me to be like a singer you know have you contacted uh, her before no she's like so big she's how, like are, way you, how are you gonna how are you gonna get this collaboration <laughs> if you don't reach out like the worst they can say <laughs> well, is like not know, respond or say no that's true i just feel like and this kind of goes back to what i was saying before like i'm such like a i like to hone my craft so hard so that when i do reach out i'm like i'm already their peer like, i I'm think you're ready i'm up Maybe. <laughs> I think you're ready. I think you're pretty good. Your vocals are pretty legit. So is your music. Like, you made your entire EP, right? You said you produced it yourself. I made all of them except two. My friend, uh, one of my friends, Sam in San Francisco, helped me okay. with Peaceful and I Don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're I think you're ready. Um, I, and there's also, like, no better time than now. Like, don't wait. Yeah, wait, wait for to, sure. To, Reach out. I like one of my one of my like. Um, I'm gonna ask you to please reach out this week. I'll let you like build up some like courage. Uh, oh and, yeah, and I mean, just I'm, se- I'm fine with send send an email. Be like, hey, would you like to collaborate and do it? Yeah, just do it. yeah. I just have to like I have to find where my leverage is. Like, what makes me the person she wants to collaborate with? You know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this song is called Lost Meaning, and every time I play it for people, they're just like, whoa, girl. Because they're so used to hearing me just like sing like this all the time. Can you hear it? Mm-hmm. I can't lie, I'm in my feelings again. It's you, I'm doing things this is that I, I never thought. Things that I never thought. Round and round we go against a real and the truth. Been so long since I've fallen this hard. I'll go to the chorus. Maybe I won't. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I like it. I'm really excited. Come on, come on down, April. Like, come on. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> I wish you could. Like, I wish you could. You should just do like. Uh, you play the whole song right now for us. Like, put the music, put the like instrument on in the background, and give us a little show. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't do all that. <laughs> you gotta pay for that one. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're just coming to a live show in LA, everyone. Oh yeah, give us a little bit um of where you perform at and like your upcoming shows. Yeah, so I actually I don't have anything booked right now because I've been literally I've been like such a hermit. Like I randomly saw someone on the train the other day and they were like, Where have you been? Like I haven't seen you in like months. I'm like, Yeah, that's because I spend like ten hours a day in front of my computer like writing music. Once this EP is done, I'm gonna completely switch into like promotion like performing mode i'm trying to have a release party i don't know if this independent artist will be able to fund that mm-hmm. <laughs> but um have yeah, you ever I don't tried know. about like kickstarter see if they would help you out yeah i thought about it but i i wanted to have something to offer like people who would be donating before i asked for money mm-hmm. so i figured i'll put out this music video that's super high budget super put out the put out this EP and then like kind of let 2018's like, cause like I said, I have a lot of content coming out and even like stuff I'm doing for bigger people than I've ever worked with that are coming out. And like, I'm the writer on that. 
So I think that once pe- I have a little more like credibility, people will be like, okay, like I'll give this hoe $50 mm-hmm. or $100, you know? So I'm going to wait for the Kickstarter. What's the art direction you're taking for the album? Do you Are you going to do physical copies of the album? Probably not, to be mm-hmm. honest, just because I personally don't buy physical shit anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I wouldn't know. I always like to do things that I would personally do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the easiest for me. So I'm just going to do like Spotify, iTunes, all that. Amazon, Apple Music. Do you, you know. create the album covers yourself? My last one, I did not. Um, this this EP, I actually haven't even decided on the art yet. So I guess we'll find out who makes it soon. <laughs> so no dates planned yet. Where do you usually perform whenever you do plan them? And do you plan on going um, outside of California for your tour or when you start promoting? Yeah, I mean, I would love to. I would love to perform in New York. Like, I have a lot of friends who live in Brooklyn. Of course, San Francisco. Like, I could always, like, hit people up to go up there and stuff. Are you going to come um, to Austin? I mean, find someone to book me and I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. I'll be, like, your Austin manager. Hi, I got a really awesome um, gay guy that wants to perform <laughs> his new album. Seriously, though, like, if you have any leads or whatever, like, feel free, like, to connect us because... Once the connection happens, like I can make it happen. I just have to get in contact with these people, you know. What's your favorite places to perform? Like now, I'm really interested because I want to see you. Um, I am. I'm gonna. I'm trying to make it to San Francisco this year, um, but it mm-hmm. might be like super later, like in November. Um, but yeah, like what kind of places do you like perform? Like anywhere that will have you. Yeah, really, because that's the point I'm at with this music thing. You know, you just really have to like say yes to everything, even if it's like free. But I love performing at Queen Kong because. The crowd just gets so fucking packed. There's so many people there. Like by 12:30 at night, it's just like when you're on stage, you can't even see like where the crowd ends. You know, it just like it pours out the doors. It's Dang. just so many people. Yeah, that happens. You on could a Friday, literally huh? crowd surf. Like that's how dense it is. That's in it's LA, so right? Packed. Yeah, this these are all in LA. Okay. Um, I really like performing at this other place called Art Share LA too because even though the stage is like on the ground with the audience, it's like massive. It's so big. And as like a starting off musician, you rarely get that much space. So it was really cool to have like this huge like area all just to me, you know, rather than like a box for me to stand on in like a small club. I think South by Southwest is happening now. <laughs> have you ever considered putting in like an audition or like, a, I don't know how you do an application. How do you do that for South by Southwest? Yeah. Yeah. You, apl- you apply basically online. I did, but I missed the deadline. Oh, Eddie, come on. Get your life together. I, <laughs> I literally had it like in my phone too. I was like apply. And then the next day I did it and I was a day too oh, late. But I'm like, sucks. you know what? Maybe it's maybe I, like I said, I don't regret anything. I think yeah. maybe it's for the better because once this EP comes out, I'm, I'm going to be so much more confident, like pushing myself because I, I believe in it so much, you know. Have you had any crazy stalkers come from like you getting a little bit more successful with your music? No, I don't think I'm there yet, no. unfortunately. Have you? <laughs> no, have, do, no do people reach out to you or do you have the, those type of fans that are like, oh, my God, I love you so much? Not like, oh, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Like if I post something on my story, it'll be like, oh, my God, like I love this or like. Sometimes if I post like something inspirational, I'll be like, thank you. Like I need to hear this or, you know, like whatever. Or, you know so, what or I, like another, another like queer person just coming out like, go off sis. or you know, like some support. <laughs> I, I forgot to ask you is while you're on stage, you usually perform or I see, I don't, I don't know if it's usual, but I've seen you perform a lot of times with like a net over your face. What's that about? I don't know. I was just really inspired by Lee Bowery, which is this artist from London back in the day. Um, like iconic he's like very into like the club the club kid scene which is like party monster like we were talking about earlier um just like unapologetic creative expression by any means and he would do like the craziest like looks and just so next level so i kind of like toned that down a lot and just took a little inspiration i was like i'm just gonna fucking like put this thing over my head and then put on some sunglasses and like Boom, the character was created. <laughs> With uh, American Idol coming back, have you ever considered uh, doing like a TV show where you can kind of showcase your voice? Yeah, I've auditioned for The Voice twice. I've auditioned for American Idol. I've auditioned for America's Got Talent. What happened? Anything come of it? I didn't get any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that's because like the way that I 
and again, I don't regret anything because I think that what I, the music that I want to release anyway wouldn't they wouldn't let me to release it if I was to like get second place on The Voice. You think so? You think they would make you go like real commercial and poppy? Yes. Oh my god. And I think that's why I didn't even get taken in the first place because it's like a family network show. Mm-hmm. So they want to see like. Not to sound rude, but they kind of want to see like Basic Betty come out there and yeah. like they, they turn around. They're like, whoa, that's who's singing. You know, like it's the element of surprise that makes the voice the voice. Yeah. And I don't think I could ever give families that with like my like septum jewelry and like <laughs> all tattoos and whatever. <laughs> OK, I think we're about done with the interview. Are you OK with us ending here? Yeah. OK, cool. Uh, before we go, though, just like let us know what your your social medias are. Yeah, so my social media is guess with underscores underneath guess G E S S. Um, so it's G underscore E underscore S underscore S. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, there's technically two underscores, but if you just type it in, like, I'll pop up. You know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, I don't really use Twitter. I barely use Facebook anymore. So it's really just Instagram. Yeah. Cool. Hit me up. Well, thank you so much, Eddie, yeah. for chatting with me. I, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I want to, yeah. Uh, yeah, and finally, like a year later, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I was surprised to hear from you when I like when I got the email because I I thought that this was just like gone forever. I was Why? just like, oh, like that sucks. I don't know. But I just I didn't know like what your schedule was or how it how you worked you know the podcast so when i heard from you randomly i was like oh shit this is still like happening well i like to do well my thing was after doing my first season um i didn't enjoy having conversations over the telephone on skype and so Mm. i was like i'm no longer gonna do um, telephone interviews Uh, i want the people in front of me so that's why i was really excited to go to la because i was gonna be able to meet you and i wasn't ever gonna not talk to you because i found what you did like you're very talented and you're very attractive and i was like oh my god we have and you're queer i was like oh my god like i have to talk to this guy because he's especially like on how different your music is and i'm like i wonder like i want to get to know this guy and like why he makes the music he makes because it's it's like is he dark is he naturally like a dark person because talking (laughs) to you and seeing you now like you don't seem like a like a like a like a jaded person or dark or you just seem like a very happy person which is weird like on what (laughs) you're like compared to what you're putting out you know yeah, no, I've actually like I battle with that myself, actually, because I'm always drawn to things that are really dark, like really dark images, really dark sounds. But I think it comes from like I'm I'm obsessed with like dystopia, like dystopian societies and stuff. And I think like my love of darkness is like it's my way of expressing what I actually like see when I look around the world kind of. So it's like I'm almost like reflecting this darkness that like I see that I feel like nobody else is seeing. I'm just like, hey guys, like, are, are you seeing this too? Because like I see it, but do you see it? Like, you know, so I don't know. That's crazy. Well, again, thank you so much for taking the yeah. time out of your schedule and talking with me. Whenever your new album comes out, can we, t- you want to chat again? Oh we my can, God, we, yes, yeah, please. We can, do, we can do like a little like mini bonus episode about, you can talk to us about like why you like all about the song lyrics and then all that good stuff and how it came about Perfect. and the experience of actually you can even tell me like how it is to go through the whole process of like making the music and the writing and stuff because i don't yeah, think we I would... got into it that much or do you want to get into like your writing process and all that stuff and how yeah, you make yeah the music? whatever you i don't have anywhere to go <laughs> okay yeah me either like but i just uh, i usually like whenever we hit an hour i'm usually like okay pe- like i don't want to take too much time out of people's um oh, like no, day no, so i'm just like fine. Or we could yeah, just save. Or we could just save it for like a mini. Uh, it'll be better for like the your your new one. We can ha- keep that content for that one if you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's totally up to you. Yeah, you know, it's save it for April. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we maybe you can like I don't know how it works, but you can like show a the video in there or something. Because <laughs> the video will be out by then too. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I, I don't. I've never done a visual podcast, but I'm sure. It's be pretty easy to figure out okay cool all right cool then i'll let you go and then i'll see you around the april when your new album comes out okay awesome thank you so much yeah thank you all right right. Bye. bye